Welcome to the Daily Word. I'm really glad that you've joined me and thank you for doing that. And for our Daily Word today, we're going to talk uh, from Mark 16 about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the, the verse that I'd like to focus us in on, if you would join me there at chapter 16, verse 3, on the way they, and that is the women who are going to the tomb, to anoint the body of Jesus in the burial custom of the, the Jews of the day, on the way they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? And really, I feel like God directed um, my attention to us thinking today about the obstacles to coming to Jesus, that is, to the risen Savior, not just thinking that Jesus is a good teacher, that he's admirable, that he's a great historical figure. I'm talking about coming to the living Christ, to the Son of God, to the one who is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, to the living Jesus, coming to him as Lord and Savior, coming and declaring him raised from the dead and understanding and knowing uh, Jesus Christ in our lives. And, you know, one of the things that is a little bit of a pet peeve for me is folks assuming that people of the ancient world, people uh, of Jesus' day, first century, the, the assumption that they were, I mean, essentially, let's be honest, sort of complete numbskulls, and that they would believe any old thing that you tell them. And so, of course, if you tell them somebody was raised from the dead, oh, okay, I believe that, sure, yeah, fine, that, that clearly happens. No, no, the people of Jesus' day, the people of the ancient world, uh, were, were not numbskulls. They weren't willing to just believe any old thing. That, that was not the case. They understood the, the finality of death, right? They, they got it. They knew when somebody was dead, they, they knew that this was not something that just happened. And we may have different reasons for um, resisting the truth of the resurrection today, but they actually had their very own very valid reasons for resisting believing in the, in the resurrection of Jesus. For instance, not only did they understand that people just didn't kind of randomly come back from the dead, but, but, but also they did not believe, the Jews of Jesus' day, they did not believe that there would be a resurrection singular, that, that one person would be raised. They did believe in a general resurrection. There would be a time when God would raise the dead and, and that would be judgment day. But they didn't believe that the Messiah would actually need to be raised. They didn't understand the fullness of the witness that we see in the Old Testament. They, they didn't believe that the Messiah would need to be raised, that, that the Messiah would be victorious. That, that the Messiah would restore Israel, would usher in uh, a time of peace and, and of, of certainly uh, self-governance for uh, Israel. And so if you are killed, then by default you can't be the Messiah because the Messiah would win this victory. 
And, and so when Jesus says again and again to the disciples, hey, guess what, guys? Uh, I'm going to be killed, and then I'll be raised, though, on the third day. And this is really important for you to know this. It just sort of, just sort of passed right over their heads. They, they just didn't really understand that, didn't get it, didn't hold on to it, didn't believe it, or else they would have been at the tomb the morning of the third day doing a resurrection countdown. They, they did not think this was going to happen. The women who go to the tomb that day, they go there carrying burial spices. They, they were going there to tend to a dead body. They were not going to meet there with a resurrected Savior. And so this idea that somehow ancient people were just, oh yeah, totally, okay, he's resurrected, that's great, good news. Uh, I, I believe it just because you say it, that, that is not the case. That is not the case. In fact, I believe it was C.S. Lewis that coined the phrase here um, about this attitude toward past generations. He called it chronological snobbery. To think that we are, we are the amazing, you know, uh, sophisticated ones today, and they were just total idiots back then. But in fact, they did have these things that would prevent them from coming to Jesus, the living Jesus. And, and it was more than just a stone that needed to be rolled away. There was actually uh, a work that God would need to do in their hearts, evidence that He would need to provide. And in fact, He does. These are people who met the risen Jesus. And it wasn't just these women, and it wasn't just the women and the disciples. We read in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 6, After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. And this, this, this would be absolutely ridiculous for Paul to put in here unless, unless the people of Corinth could actually go and find these people. And unless they had actually met some of these people, namely Peter, Peter had been there, and Peter had met the risen Savior. See, Jesus, he obviously, he knows people's hearts. He knows that if they are going to actually, if they're going to actually believe, then, then there is this burden of evidence that will need to be overcome, and he overcomes it by actually showing up, revealing himself, allowing Thomas even uh, to touch him, right? It, it, Jesus overcomes this burden of, of evidence that is needed for them and fulfilling his, his word. As he says in John 16 and verse 20, he says, he says there, I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. You see, there was, there was really uh, a transformation that happened in the lives of the believers where they went from grief to joy, where they went from fear to boldness and courage. After, as we, we see this in Acts chapter 2, uh, the first Christian sermon essentially, uh, Peter gets up after having run away and denied Jesus. He gets up and proclaims in front of everyone who would listen in Jerusalem the good news of Jesus Christ, the truth about Jesus. And not only that, not only that, 
Peter and John are brought before uh, the, the high council, the Sanhedrin, and, and they're, they're beaten. And, uh, and it's an amazing thing. Uh, it says, the council then threatened them further, but they finally let them go. Um, and, and it's an incredible thing because as they're commanded never to speak of Jesus, uh, they, they actually, they don't say, you know what, uh, guys, they're threatening us. They're going to do some, some bad things um, to us. You know what, we, we need to stop this. We need to stop teaching in the name of Jesus. We just need to cut this out. No. In fact, as you read on in chapter 4, so they're threatened, they're, they're allowed to go, um, and, then, and then in chapter 4, here's the church praying. Verse 29, And now, O Lord, hear their threats, and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. There is a work of transformation that happens because they have met the risen Jesus. Now, we know in our day that, um, that this, this is not an opportunity that is open to us. We, we, we don't have the opportunity to meet the risen Jesus in person, in the flesh. We know this. And yet, and yet, we do see Jesus by the work of the Holy Spirit. We, we do know the revelation of the love of Jesus Christ in our lives by the work of the Spirit. So what I'd like to invite us to do is to pray for one another and to pray for those especially who don't know Jesus yet to actually experience Him. And, and so um, I, I'd, I'd love to do this in the words of Ephesians chapter 3. And this is Paul's prayer over the, the believers in Ephesus. And again, let's, let's extend this prayer for the revelation of the love and the presence of Jesus in the lives of unbelievers so that they might come to faith in Him. We read there, I pray that from His glorious unlimited resources He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. And Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust in Him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. May it be so in our lives. And Lord, would you make yourself known to those who don't know you yet and use us, Lord, in any way you see fit in the revelation of who you are, of your love, and of the good news of Jesus Christ. And we pray this in his name. Amen. Amen. And um, friends, until we get a chance to speak again, may God bless you and keep you.